With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're going back to Saturday, back to college football, Do a little stock up, stock down. We're doing this every single week on the Tuesday episodes of the podcast. Connor and I are each going to bring a handful of players to the table, mainly in a stock up format. We're trying to keep positivity here, guys. We're trying to keep positivity early in the year. Give a shout out to some guys who maybe are on the radar, who are ascending up those big boards, maybe even into the first round range, but also some guys might have been some day three players, mid-round players that aren't being talked about enough that we definitely need to give the shout outs to because they're having a really good start to this college football season. I'm Trevor Sikma. With me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys on a Tuesday episode of the pod, which means it's time for some stock up, stock down. We talked a lot about the NFL yesterday, week one in the pros, but uh, it was week two of college football. Now we got a couple of games for a lot of these guys, and with every piece of game tape that we get, we get to figure out the puzzle a little bit better with some of these scouting reports. Connor, how are we feeling, man? How did you how did you celebrate? college football this past weekend were you watching bama texas were you sitting at home for what were you doing god it feels so long ago i had to really think about this what did (laughs) i do i didn't do anything during the day because alabama texas lived up exceeded its hype more so i was glued to the couch for that it was really good um i did go out just to grab some food later at night and then and then watched you know little florida kentucky i never heard of it there was a sorry there was a lot (laughs) i feel the same way i feel like i've become like a mini florida fan uh, for obvious reasons with anthony richardson and uh, billy napier yeah so pretty chill saturday week two is always a little weird you get like a couple of high-powered games we hit hit a ton of weird upsets i saw you lincoln riley just making a mockery of the pack at this point so yeah it was fun this is um full transparency this is actually my favorite show that we do i the NFL show on we record on Sunday nights that you guys get first thing Monday is really cool because it's we waste no time. I saw some of the comments were like, "Wow, this is great!" Like we, you're you're capitalizing right away on the Sundays, and it's cool. But in the moment, you're reacting to things you you saw instantly, and then Thursday is really fun because we pregame the weekend. But this is the roots of the show. This is me. I've had some hours on Monday to really go back and watch college tape, all 22 on PFF Ultimate and find at least a player or two that we haven't brought to this show yet. So th- this is, full transparency, my favorite show that we do, and the one that I think separates us the most from the rest of the coverage around football. I agree. I agree. This is something that I've really enjoyed doing, certainly ever since I 
uh, became a full-time employee at PFF, getting the database they have. It's a game changer. This is the big difference, right? Because this is where I now get to have my hands and, and you as well. We get to have our hands on tape quicker, like just oh sooner God. than we would have before. Whereas normally before I worked at PFF, like I'm waiting until- <laughs> Well, we got batches. Remember that? <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm waiting until like January, February to yeah. get all 22 tape. We got batches. Now. It'd be like, hey, Here's four games of Kentucky. Happy Monday afternoon. And, we and then like, sick. And then all of a sudden, like everybody on the timeline, like we all shared something. Everybody's like, oh, like get in on the same game. Oh, yeah. my God. But, uh, yeah, no, it's and now it's the opposite. You and I have been transparent that we don't share um, all 22, but we bring our thoughts to the show mm -hmm. and to our draft an anal uh, analysis that, you know, it's more of a week to week buildup rather than these like like heaping like just you know amounts of stuff we're watching all in one small dose so it's it's much it's a better process this way i, li I like it this way as well well let, I let's almost not said heaping load <laughs> a heap a todd heaping load uh every white tight end wearing the number in the 80s is still uh, todd heap just so everybody is is well aware all right well then uh let's jump right into it uh, for my three guys we're, we're gonna do three stock up three stock down this week my three guys, I didn't do this intentionally, but it's kind of a very notable name, somebody that everybody knows. A mid-tier name that's kind of gaining some steam, and then one name that I don't think a lot of people are talking about because it was a name that I didn't even recognize, I didn't even know before I saw some PFF stats in him. I was like, oh, I got to I gotta take a look at this guy. I actually loved what I saw. So, Connor, I'll start with you, though. Who is your first guy that you want to bring to the table here on your favorite episode of NFLSC? So, I, I kind of did a similar process to you where I, I want to get away from the, like, just talking about guys we did on the top fives all summer. So, I did one from that because we do want to watch those guys, a, a guy that has big projections, another guy that could be a huge riser this year, and then another guy that's Really like a day three player, but a lot of fun. So okay. I spread it out the same way. I'll start with the one that I think could be a huge riser. Penn State left tackle, Olu Fashanu. I didn't watch him over the summer, and that was a mistake. He's a redshirt sophomore. I don't watch a lot of redshirt sophomores over the summer because you're starting to really get play a dangerous game of like you got to right we've explained this you got to maximize your time over the summer you're not watching mm -hmm. 500 players right redshirt sophomores have a very low chance of declaring unless they're you know a former like number one recruit from their class and all those things olu is officially the guy in the class at offensive line that could have a meteoric rise and listen i get it we're a couple of weeks into college football but he has all the traits in the world trevor the he's a you know not a insanely highly rated recruit a couple of years ago he redshirted in 2020 and this year he is their absolute left tackle 35 pass blocking reps this weekend against ohio no pressures and when you watch him he's somebody that stops rushers in their tracks right like some guys compete against rushers they you know play a little push and pull back and forth he's somebody that the raw anchor strength of him and his hands and his base stop guys in their tracks and he's got length he's got athleticism i really like his movement ability the lateral movement good feet you could trust them on an island and pass pro I, I think he's a work in progress in their run game right now and they know that for such a young player maybe playing a little bit more balanced and low but in pass blocking he looks like somebody that started for 10 years and um i think that 
just because if it, and that's against a lower level of competition, sure, maybe he'll get exposed against tougher teams at times. But I just think NFL scouts are going to look at Fashanu and they're going to go, man, our coaches can get this guy to be a franchise left tackle. And if he does opt to declare early after having a strong year, and I really think he's going to continue this, uh, he's become the wild card in the offensive line class for me. Going through a couple of his clips right now, this dude is a specimen. Yeah, he he's uh, built in a lab. He's six six three twenty one. I should have I should have led with that. Six six three twenty one, perfect body to play tackle. It's all there. It's I mean, all there. There I, there's not any bad weight on this dude. No, I, this guy no. gets into his stance and and you look like you're going up against a mountain man. This is crazy. I, yeah. I, I definitely got to watch more of this guy. Love it. He's a really good looking player, and it's it the returns this year have been very promising early. Uh, I know PFF has, has consistently graded him very, very highly, especially in pass protection. And you just go watch a couple of reps and, you know, kind of like you just did where you go, oh, yeah. Like, he, tackle is one of those positions that, yeah, you always do the work, right? But you can watch eight reps of a guy and start to get an early feel more so than almost any other position. I think, you know, and I don't want to be, I do agree with you. I don't want to like insult our industry necessarily. And, and because, it's not like we watch, it's not like we watch eight plays of these guys, but there is definitely a bar to which it, it doesn't take you very long to know whether or not a guy can hang. Right. Oh, like, yeah. like if, 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 if somebody is just not, good enough not talented enough not big enough not strong enough not athletic enough to play at the pro level especially when you watch them against better level competition it stands out it definitely yeah. stands out so being able to cross guys off of a list is easier than certainly diagnosing okay where exactly would you put him in a big board who would you take first over this guy or this guy that is stuff that you kind of get into the details of projections and how much better you believe guys can be but there are definitely players where you can turn on the tape and be like all right a good college player. And, and probably about it. I felt like this was a good week to bring him to the table because they play Auburn on Saturday. And good. You're, you're going to get to see him on a lot of matchups against guys that'll go to the pros. And if he has a big week against Auburn or even a solid week, because once again, this is a redshirt sophomore, then it's going to carry over to, okay, we're going to watch him against Michigan in the middle of October. We're going to watch him against Ohio State at the end of October. And then you can yeah. blink and this guy's in the top 50 of every mock draft. I didn't realize they played Auburn this week. Yeah, I, that That's one kind of slipped over me too. Colby Wooden and uh, and Derek Hall, those are mm -hmm. that's going to be two really good matchups for him. All yeah, right, it's, now it's awesome. Now I'm I'm going to be circling that one as a little prospect matchup. All right, so the first guy that I want to go to is it, it's more of a national guy. This is my guy at the very top, and uh, you mentioned hey, I'm trying to get away from some of the top five guys because we've already talked about them. But I'll be honest, I haven't talked about Jordan Addison a ton, and no. my oh my, what a game he had this past weekend, USC versus Stanford. USC kind of on upset alert. Uh, Stanford looked really good early on in the season, right before they played USC. Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, just too much, right? And we talked Lincoln about Riley. that. Lincoln uh, Brother, <laughs> you got to tell me, bro. Man. He's video gaming this. Uh, there, it, it is. There are very few college coaches that have had more success in Lincoln Riley. Like I understand, he hasn't won a national championship yet. Like. What Dabo has done, what Nick Saban has done, what Kirby has done, that has won them national championships. Lincoln Riley has not won a national championship yet. But for him to basically have what is an unstoppable offense every single week is truly incredible. What he has been able to do with quarterbacks, now we see it at two different locations. I get it. He took the talented quarterback with him to USC. But still, that was my it's big a good argument. Coaches do. 
for USC winning the Pac-12 is I was like, okay, I think Utah is a good football team. I think Oregon will be fine. I don't think they're a big contender, but I think they'll be fine. Uh, you know, Stanford should be strong because they're always a strong team. They're always coached well. Who's keeping up with USC? Who who's who can I count on to score 55 every week? Because that's what USC is going to do. <laughs> and so we yeah. saw we saw Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison put on a show this past weekend. Addison, seven catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns, 24.6 yards per catch. Just just silly. Over the yeah. last two weeks, weeks one and two in college football, uh, he's graded out with a 89.2 receiver grade for us. He's, I mean, he's already got over 100 yards after the catch of the season, already got four touchdowns on the season. He's already Caleb Williams' go-to guy. He's got the most first downs on the team, almost double at nine. Eight, I mean, just everywhere you look, he, he is absolutely putting on a show. When you throw on the film against Stanford, I mentioned how it's kind of easy to see players who maybe can't hang right away. Jordan Addison pops off and it's, you just go, this is an NFL player. The smoothness that he plays with, it reminds me of Chris Olave, right? They, they'll use him on the outside. They'll use him in the slot. And it's how this guy attacks deep and, and how quickly and smoothly it feels like he gets at the top speed. He gets a couple steps into that and, and it's just, boom, it's there. It sneaks up on you. All of a sudden you think, all right, I'm even with this guy. I got this guy and then he's blowing by. You're like, how did this happen? So that feels like Jordan Addison's play over and over again. He won the Bolitnikoff Award last year for being the best wide receiver in the country for a reason. And he's not showing any signs to slow it down. I'm excited to see if he continues to keep up this monstrous pace the rest of the year. Because if so, it'll be two incredible years for him. Um, I think he'll probably earn himself a first-round pick. Uh ticket after that if that's the case you know you look at his measurables he's six feet tall 175 pounds he's not going to impress you when he steps on the scale when you're looking at measurements but he's just such a natural understands the position well and he's a guy who's always getting open so those are things that you, you see a lot of the you see a lot of the results there and the stats that he has and the grades that he has and he's fantastic dude i, I don't yeah. know what else to tell you i didn't i, I wasn't saying that it was he was gonna like take a step back or anything going from kenny pickett to caleb williams i certainly wasn't saying that but i was wondering like hey is jordan addison gonna get lost in the shuffle a little bit no no absolutely not he is leading that trojan passing attack for them no without a doubt he, he comes from pit where he, he ran a lot of pro concepts he goes to the usc with lincoln who always knows how to maximize his skill talent and he looks great, and, and I think that the polish you brought up is the most important point with Jordan Addison. Is he's somebody that will be drafted, and coaches can ask a lot of him right away. And man, I, I just look at USC and think this is what they're doing right away on offense. Wait until that defensive staff gets their hands on some guys they were able to recruit and develop, and USC is going to going to be a problem on the West Coast. They're going to be a problem. But I'm glad you brought up Addison because. As much as he fits one of the guys from the top fives, he's not somebody you or I were particularly high on in the sense of like... Did you get him fifth? Why yeah, I, I was going to say, we had him on the back end of the top fives. He, right. We, I think we had him in the 20s on the mock draft. You know, he wasn't in the top 10 of the big board. So it, there, he's a stock-up guy. Like, call it what it is. He is a stock-up guy, uh, especially when, you know... This is the opportunity to do it. Jackson Smith and Jigba got hurt. Quentin Johnston had a slow start. Like, this right. is the time to show you're the best receiver in the country. Go for yep. it. Yep. All right. My uh, my next one, I'll do the the guy I classify as a you know borderline day three player before I go to the more high-profile one. And it's uh, okay. a sixth-year player, a senior. Sixth year. 
Sixth year. I know. It's I know. It's crazy. It is Houston. We'll call him an edge. Derek Parrish. And he, Trevor, he had four and a half sacks this week against Whoa, Texas Tech. Four and a half? Dana Holgerson said, it's the greatest defensive performance I've ever seen. That was what Dana said about it. And Dana? And you watch the tape because, you know, the stats sometimes can be like, oh, nobody blocked him or just be stupid stuff. He beat the crap out of the Texas Tech left tackle. Okay. He played with a lot of energy, a lot of power. He kept chopping that hand down to get the outside corner. I mean, he this dude, he wears number zero, right? So it's it's kind of fun watching him because it's a great number. 2020, he actually also played fullback. He played DN linebacker and fullback in 2020. What so a king. He's he's a very interesting player because I think teams, you know, whether he's at the Shrine or the Senior Bowl, I think teams are going to have a lot of fun with him in the draft process and actually maybe give him a look at fullback. Maybe see if he can be this fullback player that can be a situational pass rusher as well. He's that he's 6'2", 245, so he's more of a compact build that I don't know if he's going to hang on an NFL roster as a full-time edge, but if he can be a rotational edge and also play fullback for you, he's just he's a really cool player that is such a college talent because he plays hard, he's strong, he has pass rush moves in his arsenal, he's played for a long time, so he knows how to consistently set up tackles to win. And this was his party of like, I'm a great player, and I'm going to take over this game, I'm going to give one of the greatest performances defensively that this university has probably ever seen. And I think he's somebody that's that's going to be hanging around at the all-star circuit as well. 19 pressures already. Oh, dude. <laughs> Dude. My guy's all over the place. He had 11 in this this game. 11. What? They just couldn't block him. And it, you know, when you see that in the in the PFF database, you're like, all right, here we go. Like they just didn't do any. Like he just right. ran, kept yeah, blitzing. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, he's on the edge. He's standing up and he's taking on the left tackle, the left tackle, and he's winning. He's he threw him on the ground on one of the sacks he had. He literally threw him on the ground. So. Yeah, he's, it's cool, man. He's just one of those day three guys that I think the draft Twitter community is going to kind of rally around because he's a cool he's he's a cool player that he plays full. He did play fullback, and now he's he's having a big season off the edge. Now, and fullbacks have a big, uh, you know, anybody who appreciates fullbacks who should be everybody, they've got yes. that hive to them, you know? Like, any good fullback content will all stand on the timeline. So anytime you have a fullback tape in your background, that can only help the, the public perception. So I got to get eyes on this guy. Where's number zero? Strong as hell. Oh, Could he was on a... the freaks list too. Oh, was he? I, I, I can't believe I didn't say that. Trevor, you're going to love this. How did I not? I meant to lead with this and I forgot because I got so excited talking about his, his week he had. Um, which, by the way, the four and a half sacks per Joseph Duarte on Twitter is the AAC single game record. But besides God, yeah, that. I bet it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> so Feldman had him on the freaks list. 6'2", okay. power cleans 426, bench 425 for three, ran at 458. Oh, that's great, right? Fun, cool, fun, whatever. Fun, cool, he fun. won the team steak eating contest. Trevor, guess how many ounces of steak he oh. ate in one sitting? Um... Now, okay, this is clicking in my head because uh, I'm sure you read it. This Mike, Mike Renner, so Mike Renner on his pod on the Talking Ball pod had Bruce Feldman on, and he asked Feldman about like what was his favorite dude. Okay, and I think he said Parrish. Okay, but, okay, uh, it was like, was it like a hundred pounds of meat? A hundred and ten ounces. Which, like, 
I mean, I'm sure, there's, I'm sure there's a lot of bro dudes listening to this that love steak. I love steak. I know you love steak. I, I mean, I went out to celebrate the start of the ki- NFL kickoff season Friday uh-huh. night, and I was like, I'm going to go to the steakhouse in Hoboken that I really oh, yeah. like. And oh, yeah. I ate a 16-ounce ribeye, which is like nice cut of meat. It's 16 ounces. I love ribeye. 16 ounces with, you know, good amount of sides. You'll be full for a long time. Yeah, it's true you will. This man ate 110 ounces yeah. in now, one sitting. Now, could you eat eight of them? Yeah, yeah. Could you eat eight? That's... Dude. I, look, I consider I, my... My heart would surrender. Let me be honest there first. I think <laughs> I can eat a lot of food. I agree with you. I'm, yeah. I'm, right in, I'm right in that same arena. I think I can eat a lot of food. I think the most steak I've ever eaten in one sitting is like 28 ounces. I was going to say I've hovered around the high 20s. I've never I've never eclipsed 30 ounce a 30 ounce steak. I'd be that'd be life. pretty asinine. 30 it's, it's 30 it's just ridiculous and i'd be sweating for the next 72 hours. I want some I want people who are listening to this podcast to go on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube already, what's up? Appreciate Stay you Stay here. Don't leave. After. Go after. <laughs> Please don't leave. I need to keep my lights on. Go to the comments. No, no, no. They're already watching. We already got the download. We're good. Oh, good you can scram. No, I'm just kidding. We love you. <laughs> go in the comments. And if you've eaten, I, I want to know how much people have eaten red meat, like a steak in one yeah. sitting. I want to know. I want. This is your time to brag. Have you ever gone to some weird steakhouse off the highway and they had a 50-ounce cowboy tomahawk ribeye that you ate we want to hear about it tell us the story i've never been to fogo which i know is a sin to a lot of people but i know i know you have right have you ever been to any like any brazilian steakhouse no 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 so i know though a lot of the answers are going to be people that have gone there and tallied up how many ounces of meat they ate there because you could just keep going no i've I've never done that which is really strange especially considering how much i traveled for work in my life I don't know why. I just have never done it. Fogo's good. Fogo is we're we're fully into steak chat right now. So hopefully yeah, people I'm, are enjoying this and, and getting on favorite it with food. Us. I'll I'll just say that when we're at the combine in Indianapolis, any day that we're not going to like one of the famous steakhouse that you go to, more to just like meet people and and share drinks. Oh, I still than, go to uh, eat. Right, right. No, but I'm saying like, you're right though. It's it's the uh, how do we put this? It's like the community center. Yeah, you're schmoozing. Yeah, you're schmoozing. You're yeah. just schmoozing. If you're not there, there was one night that me and a couple of uh, NFL Draft Twitter peeps, we went to a Fogo de Chow that they have in Indianapolis. And we do that because when you're at the Combine, you basically like don't eat the entire day. You, there's you're like up no, at, dude, you're up at like no, 6 a.m. Yeah, there's no time to eat. We're getting all this sweet, sweet content out for you guys. You're welcome. We're yep. starving you. We're, we're starving. starving ourselves to death. Starving. So then we go to a Brazilian steakhouse, and we just absolutely, you know, make it make it biblical. And I, I'll, I'll just say this. I'll give a shout-out, and we'll move on. John Ledyard. Anybody out there that knows John Ledyard? you told me this once. I've never met a man in my entire life who could eat more. It is truly awe inspiring how much john could eat i'd he, love he's to a see unit, him john oh, john is a john's unit. a unit for those of that have not in met the right him, ways but... he's he's stacked oh yeah he's, he's not like a heavyweight guy he's just a big guy he's a big guy how how many ounces of steak do you think ledyard put down just ballpark it i'm um, like a 20 ounce range I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. He he probably when we were at Fogo de Chao, he probably put somewhere in the 40s. 
like that's 40, wildly impressive like 40 ounces of meat I don't even have the words. I'd wake know. up in a know. pool of sweat. Yeah, I would you, regret it. Yeah, and you know what Johnny Ledger's waking up to? The Continental Breakfast the next day. I don't understand it, Connor. I don't. Where does it go? It probably goes all to the arms because the dude's arms are yes looking like hey, a rock. good play. Looking at the rock. All right, if I give him another compliment, then he actually owes me money. So we got to move on. Uh, the NFL's opening week action was packed, but it is just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. You want more action? Now everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It is simple. This Sunday, you bet on any team to win. And if your team leads by 10 at any point in the game, you get paid instantly. Even if the team loses in the end, download the DraftKings Sportsbook now. Use the promo code PFF to get that $200 free dollars in bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. It's promo code PFF. Only DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See description for details. And before you bet, go download the PFF app. If you got an Apple device, download it. You can get the betting dashboard to see all of the betting tips that we've got from our Green Line analytics device there. Industry-leading fantasy football advice. You get the latest premium football analysis all in the palm of your hand. The app is free to download. If you get an Apple device, you search PFF or Pro Football Focus. Get it on your phone. Be a smarter football fan. All right, the next guy that I want to bring up. I didn't know you could bet on sports. Like me personally? I can't. No, I'm in Ohio. <laughs> no, you literally, that's the best part. You literally cannot. Unreal. Hey, January 1st, though. January 1st, we're empty in the clip. Wait, so let me ask you something. Yes. When you're watching, sorry, this is like a very off-the-rails spot. When we do stock watch, Trevor and I each do three, so we're going to have time for fun, okay? If you don't like fun, this isn't the podcast for you. Yeah. When you're this con- watching, this is Connor's favorite pod. This, this, is my, this is my favorite podcast. You said it was <laughs> yours, too. Let's be fair, fair here. When you're watching TV in Ohio, you don't see any betting commercials? Um, Not like... You probably don't. Locally, no. Yeah, I don't know. I bet you don't. Dude, no. uh-uh. obviously, when I, I'm in Jersey, and I'm also in New York a lot, uh, all over the place in the tri-state, all, that's all that's on. It's all that's on. Like, you can't watch a pregame, like a Mets pregame or postgame, and I get it. it. The whole world is just betting commercials for everything. So I just can't, I'm, I'm trying to, like, take myself back to where you are now, where I could turn something on, and it's not like, match $500 do this now like, I mean maybe it's that maybe I've maybe I've drowned it out so like now no, the next time that I'm you... watching when I'm watching Monday Night Football I'm gonna pay attention to it and I'm gonna see how many betting commercials that I get tonight yeah I just can't imagine a world without it anymore all right yeah anyways Ohio please give me betting I'm trying to give you my money it's funny yes. because there is a hard rock literally in the center of Cincinnati Ohio yet we don't have a sports book here because it's not allowed sick I'm trying to no bet fun. on the thing that I think I have the most confidence with. But you do have Skyline Chili, so call it an even trade. We do, and I will, yeah, I will definitely, absolutely, unequivocally call that an even trade. Okay, the next guy that I want to bring up to the table, stock up. MJ Anderson, the edge rusher from Iowa State. Redshirt junior, six foot three, 275 pounds, transferred over from Minnesota. I he He came on my radar because he had a really high PFF pass rush grade 
Okay, so I'm going through our database. I'm looking at who's kind of standing out early in the season. I'm like, wow, okay, I, I don't even know who this MJ Anderson Anderson guy is. I watch five clips of him, and I go, all right, somebody bring me the bio. I need to know more about this guy. How is he not on our radar at the beginning? Where is he from? Uh, what did what do his parents do for a living? You know, what were his hobbies growing up like? I, I immediately had to know more about this guy because, dude, he is explosive. Where's number three, which you love to see, single-digit numbers on the defensive line? Dude can get off the ball, man. I mean, he fires off the line of scrimmage like a cannon. Now, I don't really know. I couldn't find out before this podcast why he transferred from Minnesota. The playing time, I felt like, would have been there for him next year, but he had been there for three years, still didn't really get deep into the rotation. Maybe he was just kind of fed up with it there, didn't want to – play for the same coaching staff that wasn't really getting him a ton of time before that ends up going to Iowa state. And these last couple of games, I mean, he's looked like an absolute game record. I'm intrigued. I don't know much about him. His athleticism was way too much for one single offensive lineman to handle. And that's in Iowa. I mean, I know Iowa's not necessarily boasting the best offensive lineman for the NFL draft right now in this current portion of the cycle, but he was absolutely working the right tackle of Iowa this past week. Faced double teams constantly during the second half because they were sick of giving up pressures in the first half. And yet he still came up with the big sack fumble that sealed the game in the fourth quarter on that last drive. 91.1 pass rush grade this season, which is an elite grade. Eight pressures so far this year. A 31.3 pass rush win rate. This dude was a, he has been a terror. That's astronomical. Now, here's a little bit of a con for him. He's still a little bit out of control. Plays on the ground a little bit too much, especially when he's in run defense, trying to hold the line of scrimmage. He gets off balance a little bit. You know, sometimes he'll beat a double team or get around the edge on an offensive tackle. He'll cross the face with a little inside move. And when he gets to the quarterback, when he gets in that backfield, he almost kind of like stumbles. Like he's getting too ahead of his skis, if you will. So he's got to play more in control. He's not quite in control of that athleticism, which is why eh, it's probably a decent reason why he didn't get on the field early on, why we didn't hear a lot of draft buzz about him during the summer. But from a raw ability standpoint, potential, what he brings to the table as an athlete off the edge, loved the starting point here from MJ Anderson. So wanted to give him a big shout out. Really great start to this season. Somebody that I'm going to definitely continue to monitor as the year goes on. You guys should too, because those flash plays, man, they're, they're some of the best. They're some of the best that I've seen in this early college football season. Love it. Uh, Add them to the list. Definitely somebody I'm going to, Watch the coaches film on. Not a guy that we talked about over the summer. No, not at we all. We know Iowa State has rushers. It's always nice when you turn on the tape of a team and you got a couple of different guys to watch on the same unit. All right, I, I saved my, like, kind of duh one for last, but felt it was a little necessary. Okay. It's Alabama running back Jameer Gibbs. And Ooh, good. he was in our top fives over the summer. Pretty high. I think he was top three for both of us. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, a transfer, but played where at Georgia Tech there was a lot to like about him admittedly though Trevor I didn't expect him to be this polished of a receiving back where it's it's his calling card to the point where it's going to significantly help him in this draft I knew he could be a really good runner I knew he can catch the ball Alabama used him in a game where boy did they they needed somebody to you know throw him a lifeline early on they used him as a true weapon in terms of receiving back. He had nine targets. He caught all nine. Mm-hmm. He had Eight, 74 nine. receiving yards, but he had 78 after contact. 
So after the catch, um, and and a touchdown, the route running's clean, the concentration is clean. I you know I just I'm not gonna get carried away and throw out some crazy comp anywhere yet, but it's the thing when everybody talks about these running backs, why him and Bijan are justifiably going to be top 50 picks at the running back position. Now remember, we are the bad boys of pro football focus, so we are going to fight this fight. These guys don't need to come off the field. They don't need to come off the field. They are such gifted pass catchers. And Gibbs, uh, in a week where it looked really scary for Alabama, uh, even the one he caught in the fourth qu- at the end of the fourth quarter on that drive, like he just, I don't want to say kept bailing them out, but boy. Well, kind of did. He, there was a couple times where I was like, Gibbs is a difference maker on this field for them, and it's not as a runner. It's as a pass catcher. Yeah, I mean, that receiving group with Alabama was a question mark going into the season, and boy, did it look glaring this past weekend. I mean, yeah. kudos to Texas. Big kudos to Texas. They were Hell getting yeah. after the pocket. They were really making life difficult for Bryce Young back there, and so I definitely want to tip my cap to them. It's not. I don't want this to all just be like, what was wrong with Bama? Texas definitely stepped up and played their game really, really well, but there is a lack of solidified star power in that receiver room right now. It just does not look like Bryce Young is trusting people uh, the same way that he has in the past. And so lean on Jameer Gibbs, good reason for it. Wish Texas would have leaned on Bijan Robinson a little bit more, honestly, because he was fantastic as well. But uh, yeah. Yeah, too- I loved how Sark opened the game, making him like the ultra decoy. Mm-hmm. But then it's like he forgot he had him a right. little bit, right? That's it was your like- best player, man. Sark was just going god mode on the script in the beginning of the game where i'm like alabama doesn't know what hit him right now and it's mm-hmm. not because of Bijan. it's what Bijan is doing in terms of forcing attention and then they yeah they didn't lean on him enough and trevor i'll ask you this we don't really do a lot of college football analysis on the show more draft focus mm-hmm. do you think texas wins that game if viewers doesn't get hurt because i do uh, and i don't think card card didn't card wasn't like an anchor here's but- the Here's here's my big issue with that because if you give me what Ewers was before he got hurt, I think it's very tempting to say yes. The problem is is that Ewers didn't look all that great the year or the the game before. Like he yeah. had some unraveling throws mm-hmm. and he was definitely on a roll before he got hurt. He was he was, oh, he was slanging that thing, dude. With what he was throwing, but the week before there was a lot of hot and cold with him. So I've got to believe that when you got into those lull moments of the game, because that was still early too, right? You're you're riding high off the momentum. This is at home. This is in Austin. So I think it's tempting to say yes. And if you tell me that Ewers plays the way he did in the first quarter throughout the game, I do think the answer is yes. I don't think that's as much of a guarantee as some people are making the argument for. So that's my big workaround fancy way of bailing around this question. No, it's, it's a good answer. But that's kind of my context with it. He was playing well, though. It was a lot of fun when he was out there. It really sucked that he got hurt because hey, they ain't many quarterbacks that are that fearless against Alabama, man. There really isn't. I, I mean, he looked at their corners and said, okay, let's go. Yeah, like, bet. <laughs> I'm a, Xavier Worthy's open every play. Here comes the ball. All right, last guy that I want to bring up. Had somebody tweet this name at us, and I was like, all right, I'll check it out. Really glad he did. Jacoby Winman, the edge rusher from Michigan State, senior edge rusher, transferred from UNLV, 6'2", 250 pounds. Again, single-digit number is an outside linebacker. You love to see it. 
reigning, defending, undisputed two-time Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts over the last couple of weeks. Yep. This is a good football player, man. Yep. I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't. I don't know if this guy's ever going to have a first round ceiling, just because he is a smaller of an edge rusher. But this is a guy that you would love to have on your football team. He plays with a relentless motor. Yep. And I saw him first couple of reps that I watched of him. I watched all his pass rush reps, and I was like, all right, I like what I see here, man. Really knows how to get up the arc with a lot of speed. Knows how to attack the outside shoulder. Knows a variety of different moves when it yes, comes to. Attacking, attacking the half man, if you will, attacking that outside shoulder and getting around, whether it's uh, some form of dip, some form of rip move. He even had a uh, a little stab and almost like a jump where he was just going straight around the offensive line. He loves and that. It was, it was just, there were so many different ways that it felt like he could win to the outside. Now he's a little smaller of a, a defensive lineman. So, well, edge rusher, I should say. He's an outside linebacker. A little smaller of an outside linebacker, so you'd expect that, but it was great to see that. A little bit of an issue that I had with him is once he got into the back backfield, like MJ Anderson, he almost didn't know what to do. It's almost like he was getting there too fast. He missed a couple of sacks that he could have had wrapped up. But what really rounded out how impressed I was with him is that this guy is absolutely fearless. He will crash on stunts and throw his entire body at an offensive guard. Knowing damn well he is outweighed by like 70 pounds. There's a play where he absolutely blasted the Western Michigan left guard so so with so much force that he completely decleated the guy and he went flying and he went straight into the center and he ended up falling down. There are times when Western Michigan and and um Akron would run split zone where they've got a tight end coming behind the line of scrimmage. And Winman would just crash and put his shoulder straight into that player. If guys were pulling to his side, he was fearless about the assignment that he needed to take on so that the linebackers behind him could be free to make the tackle. There was so much, I think, to like about his game. Now, you see the reservations in his size, but I'm telling you, it feels like this guy makes up for it as best as you possibly can. So this is a player that I, I really enjoyed the film over the last couple of games I watched of him. Again, another elite pass grade, 90.3 pass rush grade, 12 pressures, and another high pass rush win percentage of 26.4, which you love to see. So Jacoby Winman, man, really fun football player. Love the motor. I think that NFL teams are going to love this guy, and we're going to start to hear a lot more about him. I think so, too. I didn't watch his film from this week, but I watched and posted a clip from his film week one where he had four sacks. Um, I mean, they didn't have an answer for him. That ghost rush where he throws out that fake long arm, tucks it, and and dips and can turn Sick. the corner. Sick. It's, it's a gnarly move that just not a lot of guys can do because they don't have the quick twitch athleticism and corner turn to do it, and he's almost mastered it. And you're right, coming from UNLV, it felt like this guy's kind of an outside linebacker, and now Michigan State's like, hey, pin your ears back and go. We, we mm -hmm. trust you as a rusher, and, and it's been incredible. And he's such an interesting player. He's, you know, he's a New Orleans guy, uh, New Orleans kid that in high school he played quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, H-back, and D-line. So, you know, when he was – Athlete. Yeah, he's a serious athlete. Went to obviously under recruited for whatever reason. Coming out of New Orleans, feels like this he, kid could have been small. Could have been at LSU, but yeah, it might be because he was small. He goes to UNLV, turns into a dominant player in the Mountain West, and and then he transfers to Michigan State. And now he's he's a dominant player in the Big Ten. That's what he is. So 
I'm really glad you got him on the show because I tweeted about him last week and I kind of forgot to even think of him because um, we get to players after we do this show. And I didn't even realize he had another dominant week too. I mean, at this point, you're looking at a dude that's like just chasing for 15 sacks this year in his sleep. Yeah, he had uh, 11 and a half tackles for loss last year, six and a half sacks, already has five and a half sacks in just two games this yeah. season. As a recruit, I'm looking at his recruiting profile now. He was listed as 6'1", and then 210, 215 are the couple of different places that I see. So if Michigan State's got it right and he's up to 250, that's 40 extra pounds of beef now being as a uh, as an as a uh, off-ball edge player. So he was, an, he was an on-ball inside linebacker as a recruit, so it seems like he's had a little bit of a transition to being more of a, an edge rusher and a pass rusher. So we're super impressed with him. We're super impressed with him. How to get him in the show. Thank you for the shout out. Whoever, uh, whoever sent it to us. Appreciate you. And our scouting reports will reflect it. Uh, our newest partner is revolutionizing, revolutionizing. That's the word. The world of sports betting and fan engagement by making sports fandom profitable. That company is Symbol. The stock market for sports. Symbol was a PFF sponsor last year. They're back for this football season. Symbol lets you trade pro and college teams like stocks. And even earn cash dividend payouts when your teams win. Symbol took the thrill of sports betting and combined it with the profitability of the stock market to give you a platform where fortune favors the fan. Download the Symbol mobile app for iOS by searching S-I-M-B-U-L-L in the app store and use the co promo code NFLSE to help out the podcast and receive a free team stock valued up to $150 uh, when you sign up. PFF team is even getting in on the Symbol market themselves this season. Connor, have you bought anything else since last night? Have you had any calling? I haven't yet. I'm no. waiting. I'm see. I'm I'm waiting it out. I told you guys. I got a little bit of house money. I won some money from Symbol last week. So we're just gonna reinvest that into a different team, buying a couple more stocks before Thursday's episode. But uh, you're doing good though, right? The no, the Mets are the Mets and Chiefs are gonna make me rich. I it's obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have spent so much. And then when hockey starts, the Rangers will make me rich. And I I I'll do this podcast because I love it. But I it won't have to pay the bills anymore. If you, if you need right. to take a break and jump around on YouTube, you can. My lights won't go off. So, so thank you, Symbol, for changing my life and fortune. <laughs> what an endorsement. Download the app, create a free account, <laughs> enter the promo code NFLSE <laughs> to get a free stock valued up to $150 oh, and compete against the NFL Stock Exchange. You, you see me in Gucci on Thursday night show? <laughs> Thanks, Symbol. There's just like a Ferrari parked behind me. I don't know how it fits in here. I'm just but... going to, yeah, I don't know how that would fit in there either. I'm just going to wear a full suit to the Thursday live pod and be like, yeah, I just came for my big tux investor you go to meeting. warehouse, rent a tux. Symbol <laughs> changed my life. I now wear a tuxedo on my podcast. Thank you. Uh, no, really, if the Chiefs, Chiefs and Mets keep winning, I mean, there's nothing to worry about anymore. That's true. Look, yeah, your entire New Jersey apartment's going to be paid for just from Symbol. Done. And I don't even own it. <laughs> well no yeah no you will own it after this you I own will. the building i'll call my landlord and be like hey i got news for you stock <laughs> stocks up i own the i own the entire building now you don't even explain it to him you just no. say stocks up and then stocks you just up. <laughs> stocks up send them a, a chiefs and mets logo like a cheap uh pick stitch is what they used to call it yes 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 uh incredible uh, if that doesn't it, motivate people to get on and play i i don't know what don't else know. we no. can do i agree i agree you're great you're a great uh, you're a great spokesperson any any stock down i know we're not emphasizing stock down too much in the early parts of the season um because yeah we get a lot of football left but i we have to as much as it pains me we have to bring up anthony richardson who yeah went from the comments the telling us that anthony richardson should have been in the top five of our mock draft last monday to 
you guys this are guy is a day three player he's in a complete project he's absolutely ass it we are just on the anthony richardson roller coaster this year my guy we are i thought this game was the roller coaster because i've had people this is this is what happens when you cover the draft this is what happens when you cover sports i think i had will levis like he definitely was in the top 50 and a lot of people were really upset that he wasn't a top 30 player. And Levis has been fine. And Richardson was awesome week one and not mm-hmm. good in week two. I just think this is the full experience with those two young quarterbacks that are... It's an overused word in the scouting community, but they're raw. Their decision-making isn't always great. Their play speed is a tick slow sometimes. When their legs can't get them out of trouble all the time, it becomes hard for them. Like... When you watch Bryce Young, mentally, he just seems to be in a different place than Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. And he's played a lot more, and he's he's just a more polished prospect. And AR and uh, Levis have all the tools in the world to go in the first round. If you ask me today, I still think they both will go in the first round if they decide to declare. Mm-hmm. But this game was a really good wide-lens capture of, like, these guys are the fringe round one guys right now because they're going to have a lot of weeks like this, whether people like to hear that or not. Yeah, I it, it's <laughs> obviously I, I I love draft media, right? It, like you said, we, we're in this because we love it. It's a lot of fun. We love that you guys are in it with us, but we do get carried away. You know, there are if people will say yeah. people, we will go from, hey, Anthony Richardson. I kind of like him a little bit to Anthony Richardson, number one overall, of course, like Some really quickly. And yeah. that's something that I try to avoid doing on this podcast. We do a lot of talking about the draft. And so, you know, it's it's inevitable that we start hyping guys up. But, um, you know, even I think that we said on the mock draft episode, hey, we had Anthony Richardson going in the 20s. And we were saying, hey, there's still a lot of football that needs to be played before that this is even solidified. But we love what we saw first game of the season. It was a lot of fun against Utah. But, you know, he struggles against Kentucky. And I think that this is this is – how it was always going to be, right? He's barely even started in college football. And we were already anointing this guy as a Heisman, as a top 10 overall pick. He hadn't even proved it yet. He hadn't. One game does not prove such a merit. And so, yeah, it was just this, this, it's not like Anthony Richardson is way worse of a football player this week than he was a week ago. These were always going to be the ups and downs that he went through. He's a young quarterback. He's starting for the first time. And I... I like to say this a lot with scouting too. We love to look at guys with big arms, right? Because the big arms are what you seek in the NFL. It is a natural, physical, God-given ability that if you have it, the stronger the arm you have, the more of an advantage you have to fit the ball into tight windows, to get it down the deep down the sideline, 30 yards down the field on a rope, to hit a bomb 60 yards down the field, right? Uh, all of those things you get the better arm strength you have. So when we find these guys that have incredible arms, we love to gravitate towards them. But here's the thing, the stronger the arm, the more dangerous it is, the more volatile it is. Not only can it do good things, it can also swing that needle way the other direction because of how strong the arm is. So like that is where we are with Richardson. This is a guy who has unbelievable physical talent. And when it's good, God damn, does it look good. Yep. But when it's bad, it looks atrocious. And it looks like turnover-worthy plays. And it looks like, how in the world is this guy throwing this? It's all part of the learning curve. When you have a big arm, these, I guess I'll just say, lessons 
lack of snaps and experience, it looks even more glaring. So I, I do, a, I think we obviously, Richardson's a stock down because he was, <laughs> I feel like the stock couldn't have been higher last week. And so we've got to temper the expectations there a little bit, but um, this quarterback class still very talented. These guys still have it all in front of them, but I did want to mention that before we got out of here that uh, we do have to temper the expectations a little bit with these guys. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think that, it's just how it goes in the quarterback race because, you know, the reality is a lot of teams watch their NFL team on Sunday and some fans are already thinking, man, like, I hope next year we can get a guy because I don't want to watch another year right, of this. Right, and right. then everybody starts to shift that lens before you know it to Bryce Young and CJ Stroud and Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and Tanner McKee, who, who you know, had a up and down game as well and uh tyler van dyke and it's the way it goes in the business and you and i will you know not make any definitive comments on the quarterback class this early in things but we will absolutely monitor it and call it how we see it hey everybody who's already looking forward to the next crop of guys that's why you're here. That's why you're listening to the podcast. That's why we love you. So, in the Hello, spirit of that, New York Jets fans, no, when uh, when Anthony Richardson goes off for 400 total yards against USF this weekend, guess where we're going to be? Right back in the saddle, baby. Top five pick. He's on his way. Get hyped here's, about it. Here's your guy, Falcons. Here's your guy, Lions. You know, on and on and on we go. I mean, it's yeah, no, it's it's how it's how it goes. Um, that's why we we get to do this. I know, it's, and it's and it's a lot of fun. It's it's a lot it's of a fun blast. to do. It's a lot of fun to follow throughout the season. Hopefully, you guys are enjoying it too. I I say again in the comments, would love to hear from you guys. You know, Connor and I, we watch as much tape and we follow as much college football as we possibly can during the season. But we're also covering the NFL, and we know that you guys out there, you follow your college football teams religiously. Obviously, you have some interest in the draft if you're listening to this podcast. Let us know who we got to talk about. Hit us up in the comments. Tell us, hey, this guy from this team, man, he's really flashing. He's really putting on the show. I really think that he could really uh, earn some good stock and some good scouting reports if he continues to have a really good year. We would love to hear from you guys at any time, players that you want to see us talk about, players that we need to get eyes on, because it, this this podcast will get better the more of a scouting full community that we are, and that's what we definitely want this to be next time you guys hear our voice it will be live on the thursday show we'll be coming to you at uh seven we're going live at seven on eastern right youtube seven eastern pffs youtube will help you get ready for thursday night football lord have mercy is an incredible one this week we got chiefs chargers so i know the chat's going to be buzzing i know you guys are going to be excited for it come hang out with us a little bit before and uh and we'll have some fun i'm trevor sikama that is connor rogers We'll see you guys on Thursday. This has been the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast.